0: The Lupus Living Podcast. Today's episode Living a full life with lupus with our guest Cassandra Hill. <music> to today's episode of the Lupus Living Podcast. This is Gwen Alexander, your host, and today I have a special guest with me. Our special guest is Cassandra Hill, and Cassandra is a holistic wellness coach and life coach, author, and speaker, and after overcoming systematic lupus with a regimen that she developed, Cassandra birthed holistic living consulting, and her mission is to empower women by renewing their mind, body, and soul utilizing an all-natural approach. So, Cassandra, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Gwen. Well, we were talking a little bit before we started, so I, I got to talk to you about how I'm from the South, mm-hmm. too, and you're, you're also from the South, so our, my accent might start popping up a little <laughs> bit. But let's start with uh, introducing the listeners to how did you, how did, what was your journey, your path to getting diagnosed with lupus?
1: Oh, wow. It was a really long journey. I first started having symptoms on and off while in college. Um, By the time I completed my um, graduate degree, um, it was 2006 when I graduated with my master's in gerontology. And at that point, when I started my career, my health um, declined. And on and off, I was getting sick, and um doctors were just never really able to pinpoint what was going on that started in um two thousand and seven is when when the major symptoms started, and um I didn't get diagnosed until 2014 actually, when I got diagnosed, it really was a effort in me requesting all my medical records and and doing my own investigation. And in doing that investigation, looking at my um medical records along with the symptoms I was having, I thought, well, it seems like my body is attacking itself. And and we know that that's what an autoimmune disease does, any type of autoimmune disease, your body is attacking itself. And so with what I had going on, um, once I started doing my research on lupus, I was like, I think I have lupus. I'm really not quite for sure why (laughs) this hadn't been explored. And so from there, I went to my doctor and requested an ANA test. And I know for the lupus out there, the ANA is a determining factor along with the symptoms you have going on. So had the ANA requested and, and before I could get the results from the doctor, I ended up one day I woke up and I couldn't move. Yeah. Um, just joint. I, I know my loopies out there can relate to the joint pain. Uh, my, my joints were so to where I could not move. Um, so got to the hospital and they did the ANA test and of course it came back positive and and then from there uh, I was diagnosed with systemic lupus.
0: Did you have any? Because um, there's all kind of symptoms you can have. Sounds like you had the major one where it attacked your joints. But did you have anything yeah. like your hair thinned or like I I broke out in these really bad rashes and the fatigue and. I would get random fevers. Did you get any of that too? Oh, well, I dealt
1: with the fatigue, dealt with on and off having uh, respiratory issues. However, as a child, I had asthma. So never really, I just thought maybe I was having not like an asthma attack, but just some respiratory distress, but come to find out, it it was just lupus uh, affecting that as well. Um, I would get occasional rashes, but I at that time I didn't know about the the butterfly yeah. rash. So, I, and I've always had sensitive skin. Um, even as a child, I always had sensitive skin. Had to really pay attention to the products I used. But yeah. I had a, a, um, because along with, you know, sometimes lupus brings friends (laughs) along with it. And so for me, the friends that came along was um, fibromyalgia. And then uh, one condition that people may not be as familiar with, APS, antiphospholipid syndrome, which is uh, autoimmune blood disorder. For me, having that um, definitely affected because I was I was always anemic.
0: See, I uh, I, that was actually one of my questions to ask you was, or do you have any other autoimmune diseases? Because it seems like you said you don't just have one. I think I have four, five. And I just learned asthma is actually an autoimmune disease just a few years ago. And I've had it for several years, too. So it's almost like my body was primed to, hey, we we want to attack you or I want to attack you. (laughs) But uh, but, you know, that's not the first thing I think your doctors think of is, oh, you have lupus or because your symptoms are not always at the same time. Like you, mine were for several years until it just got really bad where you said you couldn't move. I went through that, too. And I've had several listeners tell me they went through that. So so you know what it's like. So when you, you develop know. your program, you weren't just coming from here's what the medical journals say that you have to do.
1: No, because um, actually, when when I first got diagnosed, um, at the time I was I had a career as a gerontologist, and um, being that I had that background in healthcare, I relied on traditional medicine for. Almost a year. Tried that, wasn't getting any better. I actually felt like I was getting worse. And so that's what sent me back to college. And I started taking health and wellness courses. But I think, unfortunately, especially here in the US, we don't understand the benefits of alternative health, alternative medicine. Um, it can help with so many conditions, but it's just not explored enough. But but it's starting to get its leaps and bounds.
0: Can you tell the listeners what what a gerontologist is? Because it's not the same as a, with a as a geriatric. Yeah.
1: Yes, um, um, the difference between a gerontologist and a geriatrician. Me as a gerontologist. I have my master's degree, and so I do specialize in aging but uh when you think geriatrician, that's a doctor that's a medical doctor that is focuses solely on medicine um with the aging population, whereas with a gerontologist, we study. Yes, we do study the physical aspects of aging, but we also look at the other aspects like psychological, emotional, social, um, where it's a more well-rounded view of the aging process instead of fo- uh, instead of focusing solely on medicine.
0: One of the things you mentioned also, was about how in the US, sometimes alternative medicine might not be utilized. And um, I'm one of those that I think they can work together, you know, they both have their place.
1: And Mm -hmm. I understand
0: like my doctor, that's his specialty. But for me, alternative medicine isn't just like some people think of taking natural supplements. I mean, to me, it's what kind of uh, self care are you doing? Are you getting your rest? Do you notice you need more sleep or less sleep. Do you know, you know things mm-hmm. like that? Or you can eat this and you can't eat mm-hmm. that and it makes your body just flare up. So it's not just the, the pill part or take, take this supplement with it and then mm-hmm. you're, you're cured. One of the things I wanted to ask you also was since you're a, you're a coach uh, and you talked about the mental health part of it, did you deal with depression from your diagnosis or just that feeling of why should I even try? You know, this disease is going to probably take over because I think that's a lot of it. That's hard for people with lupus to deal with. Who do you talk to? What do you do? Yeah. I mean, did you deal with that?
1: You know, for for me, um, like I said, I went misdiagnosed for so long. And along that time with the misdiagnosed, um, diagnoses, I became pregnant a few times and lost um some babies along the way. And so by the time that I got the answer, for me it was a relief because I felt like that I wasn't taken seriously with healthcare practitioners. Several healthcare practitioners. I didn't just go to one doctor, you know. Um, so for me, it was just like a relief. Okay, wow. Okay, now I know what it is because I knew something was wrong, and I just didn't know what. So it was a sense of relief in that regard. Losing my career that that was really tough for me when it, when I got started. I was doing those the steroids, of course. Then I was taking um some chemo drugs, and just the side effects of that I working just one option anymore. So that caused some sadness, you know, and um, uh, and I believe what really helped me was, God, I am a Christian and um and just every day praying and um and reading reading the bible you know um because yeah it was a, a really lonely time it was a a challenging time and and the and those were some things that really helped me through just my faith
0: yeah i think sometimes especially when you're in the, that if you're going through the pain part it, it can get discouraging because it feels like is this going to be my all the time and it's not all the time so uh, so the times I do feel good boy, it's great it's you know when nothing's hurting but I've had uh, listeners reach out to me and and you could tell that the constant just sometimes you you think people think you're making this stuff up or
1: like you said you went through that
0: too it it can mess with your your head and you wonder is it just me or you know am I making this stuff up
1: and then, especially, a lot of people don't realize that most pain medications, I don't care what it is, fill in a blank, um, hydro, whatever, they're designed for short term pain. They're not designed to be a long term solution for yep. pain relief. So, when you get to the point where you're taking something for pain, like that and you're still hurting it, it a person it's hard for a person to understand that unless they have went through that you know to like why are you hurting and then for me it got to the point I'm like if I'm a hurt anyway why take it yeah and then um for me it would always make me so nauseated and I'm like, okay, if if I'm going to be in pain, regardless, and then it's going to make me nauseated. I just rather be in pain without the nausea. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you have to do, not have to, but did you, when you were first diagnosed and you said that you had to change your career or stop walk, working a bit, mm-hmm. did you find it that you had to set more boundaries? Like one thing I did was I actually stopped everything. I you know, All I did was work because I had to have to work but it was part-time for a while, but I didn't do anything extra in church. I was involved in my church. I told them, take me off everything. I I can't do much anything right now. And then my friends, they would ask me to do things. I was like, I can't do anything right now. Just, I'm not trying to be mean, just I can't. Did you go through a process like that? I call it the deconstructing during lupus. I had to
1: initially because I literally could not, do too much. The joint challenges, I ended up developing for a while there. I had costochondritis, And that's basically when you have inflammation in your rib cage. I couldn't do anything. I literally could not do anything. I couldn't go to service. Um, I couldn't, nothing. My life consisted uh, most days laying in the bed, um, I would get up to bathe, shower, that sort of thing. But
0: and I thank you I for sharing that, because yeah. I want people that especially even if they're uh, not newly diagnosed, to understand that happens sometimes because I think we feel that's not normal. Uh, you you got to take time to figure out what is going on and give your body time to to heal or figure out you know, how to heal. Yeah. Yeah. So I thank you for sharing that with us. Now, Um, what kind? Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, um, I was just thinking that was a really dark time, really dark time.
0: Well, like I said, thank you for sharing that, because I think that's what helps a lot of people that live with this disease is to know they're not the only ones dealing with that kind of stuff and that you can get through it. That's the other thing is look at where you're at now.
1: Yeah. All things are possible with God, I I tell you, because. I went through that and honestly, you could imagine how depressing that is to go from having a career to, you know, (laughs) into laying in bed every day. And one day I woke up and I said, I'm tired of being sick. When I thought that, that single thought days later is... I know it was just God. I had a lady reach out to me. She was a nutritionist who needed a gerontologist for a project. And um, and so I normally would do contracts with various organizations. And so when she reached out to me, I was I told her, I said, sure, I'm open to doing the project. However, I have some health challenges going on right now. So I'm gonna need extra time. And so I just told her, you know, all these things I needed um, in order for me to do this. And, uh, and she agreed. And she was like, well, have you done anything different with your diet? I was like, well, no, not much. And she made some suggestions. I went on with those suggestions. And I did notice a difference. And so with me noticing that difference, I thought, well, why not deep dive even more into this? And so that's how I ended up back in college and and started taking those health and wellness courses. And I'm here to tell you, after a few months, I went back to the doctor. I knew I was feeling better, but I didn't realize I was in remission. I went back to the doctor because I was getting transfusions as well. I went back thinking it was going to do our same old routine. And um, they did my lab work as usual. And everything was normal. Everything. My ANA was negative. My uh, hematocrit. And everything was normal. The doctor was like blown away. He was like, what you're doing? And and I'm like, well, I'm doing some natural stuff. I know I'm feeling better. I didn't realize it was to, you know, that extent. And I share that to anyone out there who's suffering with lupus, whether it's systemic lupus, like um, what I was dealing with or another form of lupus, nephritis or discoid, whatever. Just know that you can get better. It is possible. It is possible because literally... When my thoughts became of a of, of a mindset that I wanted to get better, things started shifting in my life to where I ended up getting better. So um the power of the mind is is stronger than anyone has ever taught us.
0: Oh, it is. I um I have another podcast I do, it's more about weight loss and your health. But a lot of what I talk about on there is not food and exercise. It's more about the mental aspect of it. But even with lupus, I when I got out of of the hospital, because I was diagnosed in 2017, I was like, I'm going to figure this out. You know, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I'm not telling anybody, you know, you do this in six months and then you feel like the best you've ever felt. It took me about two years of, like I said, you know, taking stuff out, figuring out how far I could go, what foods maybe I had to stop you know, eating because it did make me feel bad or, you know, what kind of sleep, how much sleep do I need? So it was a process, mm-hmm. but it got to the point mm-hmm. where I was like, I'm going to figure this out. You know, it, it got figured out. Uh, one of my friends even said, she was like, Gwen, I can't believe you accepted this so fast. And to me, it was like, well, the sooner I accept that I have it, the, the sooner I can start working on this. Yeah. That was just mm-hmm. my mindset of, you know, what, what's denial going to do? Nothing
1: if anything, just make it worse, you know, um, for people out there who has it, you know, don't let lupus define you. Um, I consider myself a lupus thriver. I'm still in remission. Um, this, I've been in remission five years now, but even before that, before I got that blood work, sand, negative ANA and, you know, all these different labs that um normally get done through your doctor or rheumatologist or whatever healthcare provider you use. I was ready to get better and and because I wanted healthy, healthy started coming to me, you know. So um, just be open to wanting better in your life, a a better physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, you know, just, just be open to that. And I guarantee you, if you want it, you'll get it.
0: Do you think when that nutritionist made that offer to you, that was kind of like your spark that, you know, well, you had already decided I I can't do this anymore, but you could have said no when she'd offer that, which if you would have said no, might not have led you on the path that you went. So just think if you would have said no at that moment, because like, well, no, I don't, you know, I have this disease that it makes it hard to do these things. And, and I'm glad that she was willing to work with you on it, that she saw that, hey, you know, I could get some value from her, but uh, it sounds like that was your spark to get you going in that direction.
1: Yeah. After I thought, after I thought that I was tired of being sick, yeah, it was definitely, because it was literally not even a week. It, it was just a few days later, her and I connecting and and never knew each other prior to the, you know, had paths had never crossed. I could definitely say yes. If you think I'm something long enough, I guarantee you, it, it'll manifest in the natural <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've done that before, too. It's like, wow, how did that work out? Oh, I was thinking about that and working on it for a while. You know, your, your subconscious, I think, it's like, okay, this is what she wants to do. We got to figure out how to get it done. And you don't realize it's working. And, you know, you're thinking of how to try and get it done. And and then you think, how did I do that? Well, you were working on it. You just didn't realize it.
1: You know, for, for people of faith, people who um, know that there is a higher power that someone made you. Um, In his image, you know, just trust him, just trust him and really relying on him, getting closer, whether it's through prayer. I know one thing that really helped me was writing. Writing was just such a cathartic experience, just writing out um, my feelings and incorporating God's word into that. Um, Actually, it was those writings became my first book. Um, But just writing out your feelings, um, you'll be surprised at how much you're able to release emotionally, mentally. Um, Because although we don't know what exactly causes lupus, one thing um, research has shown that most people who get diagnosed is a precursor to having a flare is some type of stressor.
0: Yep. Yes. Uh I always, I think I did an episode on that about how to deal with stress in different ways because I had to learn that. My my way I used to deal with it, I just push would keep pushing until I just got exhausted. Can't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no.
1: no that's the quickest way to flare yeah um if you don't manage your emotions and feelings they will take control
0: of your life oh yeah and I and I actually try to encourage even people that don't have lupus especially some of my younger friends in their 20s I tell them you need to learn how to deal with that now don't you know in a healthy way because when you hit your 40s or even your thirties, you're going to, you're going to feel it. And your body's going to tell you, and then you're going to have to learn how to deal with it in a better way.
1: Be proactive. Be proactive.
0: They call me grandma Gwen. I I tell them grandma (laughs) Gwen says, you know, you don't want, you want to, you don't want to be like this. You You want to do this. So some of the people that you, it's, is it mostly women that you, you help with your program?
1: Yes. I cater to women and, um, With the work I do as a holistic wellness coach and also as a life coach, the goal that, well, the mission that I have with with what I do is to help restore a woman, you know, her physical, emotional and spiritual health. So I have three different programs where I help women do that. And then I also offer digital courses as well for the person who may not be quite ready to work with me one-on-one yet, have those digital courses available. My goal is to make self-care a radical experience in the professional woman's life and and not waiting until your body is in a full-blown inferno to make your self-care a priority. Because oftentimes what I find is for women, especially for women of color, that self-neglect has become normal. It's just our routine. And if you do it long enough, if you neglect your body long enough, you will face consequences from it. If it's even if it's not, you know, lupus or any type of autoimmune disease, there will be other negative consequences where you may not be as productive in your business career. Or in your personal life where you're because if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not able to 100 percent or effectively manage any other area of your life either. So eventually it will impact your relationships with your loved ones and affect your career professionally business or whatever um, road, road you're on, whether you're entrepreneur or blazing that executive pal.
0: Yeah, I uh, I recently got uh, promoted last year to an officer position and my, my duties are a little different, but that was one thing I had learned when I got diagnosed with lupus is about how to handle where it's not always work, you know, because it feels like I'm always always on always having to work but like yesterday i Mm -hmm. took today off actually and yesterday i was like (laughs) if i stay another hour later then i could get this done and that little voice said when it'll still be there it's not going anywhere it's like yeah Yeah. and so i was like okay i'll leave and and go home and relax now but it's it's still that thing of you gotta keep working gotta keep working it's that
1: balance yeah. It is all about balance and then just remembering um like you said a, a lot of times we just think oh it has to be done now it has to be done now uh but things organically happen at the right time you know there's no reason to just full steam ahead because one thing i know for certain was for you is for you no one can take it away from you but you, <laughs> or, or if it's something that, that um, God doesn't desire for you. But other than that, you know, because a lot of times we've been taught uh, a lie. We've been taught, and I'm saying this to all my women of color, we've been taught that we have to work. Ten times as hard to get the promotion, or even once we get it, to keep it. And that's simply not true.
0: Well, thank you for saying that. I needed to hear that today.
1: You know, because what ends up happening, we do that to ourselves and eventually we get burnt out. Yep. We get burnt out. I was reading a um, statistic from Forbes, which was somewhat surprising to me. And the stat read that right now, 42% of new businesses are started by Black women. And so right now, Black women are almost half, we're, we're almost at half of new business owners. And I believe part of that stems from working in corporate America, because most of these women who are starting new businesses are leaving corporate world. And a lot of times what's happening to us, where I could use myself, for example, you did corporate for so many years, year after year, and you may be in management, but you're not at the C-suite level. You're not... A executive, and and you've been putting in hours, 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 some type of hours, and, and you've done that to the detriment of yourself. Mm-hmm. And even after doing all that, you're still not at the position you desire. So the next step is start my own. But in either way if you decide that hey I want to stay in the career that cheers to you or if you decide hey I want to branch out and have my business great but to be successful in that you must take care of your most valuable asset which is your body if you don't look at our past look at Madam CJ Walker first black woman millionaire that we know of who died at an early age she had so much life could have had so much life died at an early age and from what we can gather what her story um from what we can see from her story she wasn't taking the best care of her body regardless of if you're building that empire and, and you've got the six figures, the second figures, that's great, but be here to enjoy. it.
0: No, I like that, that you said that. Cause I think people with lupus are maybe looking for opportunities to where they can control their hours you know, better than maybe going to a, I'm not saying going to a job is bad. I have a job, but, uh, but depending on the degree of severity of their lupus, they, working from home might be a better option. So, you know, but they still have to remember, I can't just go, go, go while I'm trying to build this business, you know, whether it's a main business or a side business from their other job. Do you find that there's a, maybe a common thread among the women that you help, uh, that it seems like they struggle with that, or, or that has pushed them over the edge of now they're at a point where there is no balance? Their, their bodies are, are shutting down. Like you said, that, I like the analogy of inferno. Their bodies are, are, are way mm-hmm. out of control. But do you find there's maybe a common theme among the women that you help with that?
1: I would say most of the women that I encounter are generally um, professionals, whether they're whatever industry. Um, they're educated women who built a career um, some may be a business owner. They've built the career or the business. And a lot of times they've been so busy, focused on that. And then for most women, you have children that you're responsible for and you want to make sure that they have the, the best opportunities um, available to them to where that's been their main focus. For so long that now they feel like, okay, I need to do something before I just lose it, and it may not be physically to where where that a lot of times might not have an autoimmune condition, but the mental stress, you know, j- just how it's affecting them psychologically and emotionally it is what has them ready to to make a shift.
0: I like that. Something too, uh, this is kind of for you personally, but also maybe when you you help the women that you uh, you coach uh, physical activity. That's something that's very hard. (laughs) I don't care what type of autoimmune condition you have. It seems like physical activity is one of those questions I I found a lot or things I read. But what what can you do when you're (laughs) Hopefully you're not so bad that you can't move, but you know, if you have joint problems and like right now, my, my knee is bothering me. So no walking right now, but sometimes I can do things in chairs. Yeah. I can sit and do a chair workout, but, uh, what kind of, uh, physical activity do you do personally, or even maybe you help the women that you coach with?
1: Personally, I love to walk. Um, I do that pretty regular as long as the weather allows me to do so. Um, I like to walk. Um, I also do yoga. Um, I I got into yoga during this pandemic. Um, Actually started taking some yoga um, training. um, Oh, wow. And and really um, become fond of that. And one thing I do like about yoga, and, and for my loopies out there, yin yoga is simple. You know, it's not just the whole matrix and because I know sometimes people think yoga and, and your body is just
0: it can't I can't just, move in some yeah, of those positions. Yeah,
1: yeah no. Um, but yin yeah, yoga is much simpler and there's so many YouTube videos for that that you won't have a hard time finding um yin yoga and, and it's really good for beginners and, and it will be something that I would recommend to anyone out there um, with lupus or some other autoimmune um, disease that affects mobility as well. Um, yeah, yoga is a good place to start.
0: One thing I found, and I've actually heard some people with the, what they're calling long-term COVID seems to struggle with is doing, uh, I call it the hardcore workouts, like the really intense ones mm-hmm. I, I can't do that like I used to it actually seems to tax my body more now so I do more what's considered low impact maybe you're walking in place I call it the 80s 80s old school workouts I can do those and, <laughs> and be okay but uh some of this high intensity I can't do it anymore I used to do it uh before I got sick but I noticed when I try to do it now I I'm just taxed and and I've mm-hmm. heard some other people with lupus say that and, and it frustrates them because everything you hear says you need to go all out when you actually you got to burn the most calories possible. But I think it's mm-hmm. more about just get try to get moving as best you can.
1: Yes. You just want to move your body. And I would say if you could move your body for about 30 minutes, you're good. Because I believe just moving the body, there's benefits in just moving your body. And even if, I know sometimes I love to just put on some, I'm, I'm an 80s baby. So sometimes just putting on like some 80s, 90s music and dance. Yeah. And maybe you do a couple songs and you might need to take a
0: break and, and take your break and, and then get back at it.
1: Um, yeah.
0: But just move your body. And I, like I said, I think it's a slow process it, uh it took me a good two years before I could move pretty good, you know, with the, trying to figure out what my body could do. And uh, I, so I, I would hope that anybody that's listening wouldn't get discouraged by the fact that, you know, you, you hear they tell you to do these crazy, not crazy, but these intense workouts <laughs> and you can't do them. Uh, just do <laughs> something, get a YouTube video. You know, YouTube's <laughs> free. I love YouTube. You can yeah. find anything on there,
1: and um and just focus I remember when I first started walking, I kid you not all I could do was walk around my block
0: hey. that was it,
1: <laughs> but now I can walk like two miles and it, and it's not even a big deal, you know <laughs> I, I remember one time I had a friend we were supposed to meet up. And, uh, when he called, I was walking and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll be there by the time you, you get there, I'll be there. And, uh, but he didn't realize I was walking. He just thought you were at home. home guess, or something. Yeah. <laughs> hard driving or something. I don't know. But when I came up and we both got there at the same time, he was like, you were walking <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah i'm used to it now so um y- you know you you might be like me where i started off just doing the corner you know just sitting the block, and was like thankful that i could do yeah. that and now i can do like two or three miles and and, and enjoy it, you know yeah.
0: that's the other thing is enjoy what you do because Uh, I always say that to everybody if you don't like doing it don't do it find something that you're going to keep doing instead of something that you don't look forward to and then you're going to quit doing it and it's about
1: lifestyle choices I'll tell anyone lifestyle choices Um, for me I remember when I first started this journey of, of living a holistic life you know um, my dad, you know, I didn't always eat as healthy as I do now. Um, I didn't. Right now, I have this um, green tea. <laughs> I I I didn't drink green tea before. Before I, I, I'm a southern woman. I was drinking sweet tea. Oh with the yeah, sugar. And it, and there, was say, just a
0: little I, bit of tea with that sugar.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and so I had to sit down and figure out. Okay, what can I? give up and it's not a big deal um soda was one of the first things I was like okay I, don't, I can go without that and and it's I can't even tell you how many years it's been since I've drunk a soda and it's no big deal you know it, it doesn't bother me as far as meats go I'm not a vegetarian but it's like okay well, fish. I I, I want to keep eating fish, and it's pretty. You know, it's not that bad. Um, chicken, I can still eat that. Now the pork, uh, we, we got to kick you out. Is <laughs> I never should have been eating that anyway, even without loop. Yeah. Um. So you just figure out what works for you in your lifestyle. You know.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you said, I was going to ask you, um, uh, if there were certain foods that you eat, cause I don't tell people, well, this is what you need to eat in order to, you know, like you said, you figure out what's going to work for you. And I mean, when you eat, you need to figure out, okay, did, did that make me feel better? Did it make me feel worse? Do I feel okay? I used to eat chili. I can't do too many tomato based products anymore. Uh, so that's kind of out of my diet plan, mm-hmm. which is okay. I mean, it, wasn't a big deal. I don't care. But yeah. you know, if even if something yeah. was a big deal, it's do you? How do you want to feel? Do you want to feel worse, or do you want to keep feeling as good as you are now?
1: Yeah, mindset. It's all about mindset. I know. Um, sometimes before COVID, you know, we have get-togethers, family get-together, and and like I said, I'm from the south, so <laughs> um, we have family get-togethers. There's you know, all kinds of pride stuff and sodas and, you know. And one time I I had a relative ask me, like, how is it for you with, you know, the diet change and everything? And I was like, to me, it's, it's not even that big of a deal anymore because, like, literally, I have to think. Do I want to be able to wake up in the morning and get out of bed without pain? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so for me, my quality of life, there's no, nothing is worth that. Nothing. You know, for as long as I'm here on this earth, I want to have the, the best quality of life possible. And whatever I need to do to make that happen That's what I want to do. And I think part of that stems with loving yourself. That's why uh, one of my digital courses talks addresses that, loving yourself to healthy. Because when you genuinely, authentically love yourself, you want the best. In every aspect of your life, you want what's best for you just like you would for if you're a parent out there. Most parents love their children. They love them so much that they're willing to make some of the biggest sacrifices ever because of their love. Just extend that love to you.
0: That's a great way to, to end our podcast. I think that was the best thing because I always <laughs> ask the, the person to you know leave our listeners with some words of encouragement, but I think That was awesome about, you know, it's taking care of you and love yourself. Cassandra, I want to thank you for being here today. But before we leave, I want you to uh, share with the listeners how they can get a hold of you, you know, your website or any books you have or your courses. How can they get in contact with you?
1: Sure. The best way to get in contact with me is through my website. And that's dot com, And they're on my website. You'll see all our social media links. We're active on Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube, um, as well as Pinterest. If you love recipes, and we have all kinds of stuff there going on on Pinterest. Um, but you'll see all our social media handles there at cassandrahill.com. You'll also see um, the digital courses we offer, as well as uh, my books as well. And uh, for anyone out there with lupus, I invite you to, even if you're not for sure that, okay, I'm not quite for sure if I'm ready for a wellness coach, I do advise you to at least go to the website. And join my wellness community because I have so many resources that would be beneficial to you. So decide today that you're going to say yes to a better life, physical, emotional, spiritual, just a, a, a better life can be within your reach.
0: Well, thank you again for being on the podcast, and I'll put all of those in the show notes so the listeners can reach out to you. All right. Thanks so much for the invitation, Gwen. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only. The views of any guest on the podcast are their own. The host of the podcast is not a medical professional. You should consult with your doctor or medical professional before you make any changes that may affect your health in any way.